man? What's poppin'? This is the R&B Podcast. I am Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. Oh, we got a special guest. Lamar, what up? What's going on, man? Hey, TD, drop that beat. <laughs> Man, that joint hot, man. Yeah. I get hot. I, I get hype, man. Get hype. We got our own song, Lamar. We got our own song. Hey, 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 like when they first told me about the show R and B, I'm like, they got an R and B show with the NFL Network. Who's singing? <laughs> I did. I thought that at first. Today, explained it to me. Uh, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. no disrespect, but that's so, what so for everybody listening, that's the voice of uh, Lamar Woodley. Hey, I appreciate you coming. You are one of the best backers, pass rushers, tacklers, yeah. all that from our era. Like yeah. I was just say this like. Hey, you know, like I know more than I know, this man is a monster. Dude, I've had to block this dude or attempt to block this dude. Right. I've had to run away from this dude being a quarterback. Right. Uh, He gets down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he gets down. He's one of those guys on the board you got to say, this dude right here, slide everybody to him, chip him, put a tight end over there, uh, everything. That's what I'm saying. Straight up and down. I'm just being real hey, with so, you, man. So, listen, this is the R&B podcast. This is the show where we talk about the NFL. We talk about pop culture, music. We obviously got beats throughout the show. Got my man TD behind the glass. This is like your favorite podcast meets. Let's see, we got Michigan guy in the house. You know, this is like <laughs> slaughterhouse. A satellite yeah, no, no, camp. No, listen, if you're not, if you're not hip to one of the dopest lyricist groups in hip hop, slaughterhouse. They are monsters. So this little yeah, trio right here, true. this that's is true. the best in the game. I'm just saying, from anybody talking sports and pop culture, this is your podcast, Meet the Slaughterhouse. So this is the show. This is what we got coming up. We got Lamar Woodley. He going to talk that talk. We going to just we gonna go off the rails. We're going to stay on the rails. We're going to stay yeah, on the subject. We're going to go off subject. Uh, we're going to talk Fletcher Cox, new contract. Pockets fat, Nate. Yeah, and and we're going to talk about new era, making new money. Um, obviously, we want everybody to get paid. We're going to do depth chart debates, linebacker talk with Lamar. Um, we'll wrap the show with Orna. You know, that's the segment that my man TD came up with. down with. Um, speaking of our producer, TD, hey, tell the people what's up, man. What's going on, fellas? And this is what's up. Not the Curry Two Lows. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, Man. you know. I mean, if you haven't seen him, go on social media, check him out. Check out those memes. <laughs> Terrible. Those are Terrible. hilarious. I, I, I was afraid to say, this is probably the <laughs> lowest point of uh, Curry's season so far. He's had some rough finals games, and those right. Curry Two Lows are, are not the business. But what you guys really need to do is subscribe to the show, rate the show, okay. leave a right. review on iTunes, Stitcher, Harvard, as you listen to R&B Podcasts. Hold on, hold on, TD. So, what are you saying about this man's shoes? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to understand. I mean, I mean, honestly, I just feel like they're going after after a different market that so, they weren't used to in so the you, basketball realm. You know, you're saying what, what, mar- what market is that, TD? <laughs> they're going after first of all the really young kids. Okay, okay, right, and then also going after a more diverse uh, demographic. 
demographic. So you saying the than the usual like urban hip hop feel of basketball. So you're saying oh. so you're saying there isn't a market for. I'm trying like, to be. So he's trying. So, he, so he's the like Drake Dr. of basketball Lloyd shoes, stuff, man. Like, nurses, 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 doctors, lawyers, okay. women of course. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like scrubs almost. So you're saying there isn't a market for waterproof. A family reunion shoes. That's uh, like you're not you're not feeling oh, those TD. No, firstly not. But you okay, know, I, I, I did f- think they were a joke. This is what we can say: is that Steph Curry has brought over a billion dollars to their basketball division, wow. and they say that his contract. You know, I'm all about the numbers. His contract is worth upwards to 14 billion dollars to Under Armour. How crazy is that? Yeah, but how much? Like, how much? How, how much is Steph Curry getting in that? Uh, well, you saying all of that? They, well, to, last, to year, last year, reportedly, he made like you know it was like fifteen to twenty million. Oh, just something, just fifteen to twenty. Something like. All right. Like. Well, listen. <laughs> hey, we'll, hey, we'll get to that. ATD, you got a beat, son? Uh. uh. I always, I always sound like I'm about to rap, boy, <laughs> right. but I, I never really rap. You know what I'm saying? Uh. I'm like a game spitter. Right. I, I, I'll just uh. spit knowledge over a beat. Uh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh. You got your hot top fade hey, going today, Nate. Hey, I got the hot top fade. Hey, or you say you oh, Nate, rap. we freestyling. Hey, I see how hot I'm in. I'm bad, dog. I was, that was supposed to be your intro. No, you, you're right. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you're I, supposed I, to take I, that. I got, I got the next beat. The next beat, I'm going to The next beat, you're going to get it? Okay, yeah. cool. All right. What's up, man? Let's jump right into it. Lamar, I appreciate you joining us, man. I appreciate you being here, man. Hey, hey so, so what's up? Talk to us, man. What's Next, for you. you, you said that you got some stuff going on in Michigan right now, but what's the grand scope on what you got going on? Man, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things. Right now I'm finishing up school, getting my master's degree. Congratulations, in a, bro. In a sports That's counseling, cool. appreciate it, minor sports up. management. Um, I have my AAU basketball program uh, called Greenwood Elite based out of Michigan. We got teams from fourth grade all the way up to 11th grade. Um, I got some things going on with some commercial real estate that I have going okay. on back at home. Okay. I've been doing that for about two, three years now. You know, I do my own podcast show uh, called Avenue 56. Plug that. Okay. Uh, yeah, that. Appreciate that. You yes, know. sir. Y'all come over there and check me out. Yeah, man. Oh, we going to come to <laughs> yeah, Got to show you know. love, bro. Uh, you sir. know, but I'm just, you know, still working out, having fun. You know, was here um, yesterday doing an audition for a, for a show. Right. You know, hopefully I get that call and host the show okay. and I can, you know, be up here doing a little something with y'all, see y'all every day. Yes, sir. Uh, but still working out. You yeah. know, uh, my my phone's still working, so yeah. I don't I don't control that. Right <laughs> That's in their hands. So, so are you done? I mean, you done played this game a long time, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you sound like you got other interests. Hey, you know what? You know man? what I'm saying? You know they they always told me that you know uh, coming up, you know football didn't last that long. So always prepare for life after the game because you never know when it'll end. Right. And I just always prepare for that. So if my phone don't ring. I'm prepared for whatever happens after that. So I'm just always staying prepared. You know, I ain't going to let nobody control my destiny. You know, it's up to them to call me, but that's not going to stop me from doing other things. Uh, last year you played with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, great year, bro. Uh, talk about playing for Bruce Arians and being out there, being in that culture. Um, looked like you was having fun, man. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago I caught a little heat uh, for talking about the Cardinals. Uh, I kind of said something about the defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, hey, right. man. Well, what'd you say? You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't hear that report. What'd you say? Uh, <laughs> I called him dumb. Uh. Uh, so I, I went and, and blasted the D coordinator a little bit because, you know, I just felt like last year 
uh, playing with the Arizona Cardinals. And I, and I said this, it was a great organization, great team, great players. Everything was great. And I felt like we had a team to actually win the Super Bowl. You know, come from Pittsburgh, yeah. you know when you got a winning right. team. Right. You know, and I've seen that, and I just felt like the defensive coordinator didn't listen to his players. Mm. You know, you know how some situations coaches feel like they know more than the players. And, you know, when you're out there playing the game of football, you have to listen to the guys out there on the field. Right. Because you know, yeah. me coming from Coach Dick LeBeau, he was that type of guy that listened to his players. Right. And he, he helped make those adjustments during game time. That's fact. You yeah. know, where, where, uh, last year in Arizona, it wasn't that same feel. You know, and I felt like, damn, you know, this is a Super Bowl team. Mm. And a lot of people look at it and say, you know, Arizona would have a chance to do the same thing again next year, but we know that teams change every yeah, year. That's fact. And yeah. it's hard to get back to that NFC Championship game and to that Super Bowl. And we have a lot of a lot of guys that's played in this league that's never been there. You know, uh -huh. so you have to seize the moment while you're there. And I felt like he just didn't take his players. Seriously. Just to All give right. full context here on Lamar's quote, and again, you said <laughs> you brought it up. So, because <laughs> you, you're talking about both the Raiders and the Cardinals defensive coordinators, and you said. They thought we were like Madden players. They draw something up on paper and it looked good, but the players still have to go out there and run it. Those guys didn't really listen to their players. Right. They wanted to do it their own way and their way only. As you guys as players, have you guys ever felt like that? Like, hey, th these all plays right, aren't going to work, well, and how do you handle all it? The all right, hold on. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. We so um, we talked about this on our podcast about players calling out upper, upper management or calling out coaches, and we both agree you have to be established in this league. You have to have years on you. Like, Lamar, you have to have had a resume that's strong enough to where you can say something like that. So, obviously, we, we all think the same. I don't see no problem with it. If you're going to call a player dumb, a coach dumb, it got to be a veteran that has been there, done that, that has experience. Now, now let me let me weave back in through the back door. I'll, I'll, I'll do the analyst thing what right now. What are you talking about the back door? Now, listen, listen. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen, so the, I, I, I'll do the analyst thing. I was talking to a player that will remain nameless on the Arizona Cardinals team, and he said we had so much talent on both sides of the ball, specifically on defense. I don't understand why our defense coordinator would try to, using a baseball uh, quote, change the game in the ninth inning. He's like, we mm. showed up Thank you. in Carolina. For those that can't see, Lamar's raising up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said we showed up to Carolina with an overcomplicated game plan, and it was much different than what we were used to. So what people saw was us getting our ass kicked. What we knew as players was we went to a game plan doing something completely different than we were accustomed to. Don't now, make stuff up. So listen. I'm listening to him. Don't I'm make like, it up. That's crazy because he was in there. He was right. in the locker room. I just happened to be casually talking to one of my boys this offseason, yeah. and I'm like, for real? Like, I'm, I was watching it as a former player and analyst now. Like, man, y'all getting the, bait, the brakes beat off you. But really, they went to that game doing something that y'all yeah, not and, used to. And I didn't, I didn't talk to anybody or whatever. I just watched the film. Right. You look at the film, you look at what they defensively what you guys were doing all during the season, and you look at that game, and it just looked like two totally different teams. It looked like two totally different philosophies. You know what I mean? It just didn't look like the same team. To me, Carolina wasn't – I mean, Carolina's a good team. It was right, a good team. Yeah, right, right. But they were that much 
better than the Arizona right. Cardinals. It did. It did. It did. Uh, right, it didn't make sense. It did now, not. Now, make obviously, sense. like you know, I'm a big Carson fan. He didn't. He, he didn't play his best game, but still, it just. No, nah, he the, played the, terrible. The, the result. The result. Terrible. The result didn't fit what we saw out of Arizona all year. So let me ask you this: being in that game, right, going into the locker room at halftime, what what were you thinking? Well, you know what I was thinking because I I was I was hurt, so I was right. you know I was just coaching on right. the sideline. Um, but I was just thinking that we need to make some adjustments because usually an offense is running all their plays. You're gonna see everything in the first half, right? Yeah. right. So you have to make those adjustments and come out in the second half and do what you got to do, right? And I felt like we just didn't make those adjustments. You know, like like you said, we didn't have a bad team. Right. We had a great defense. Straight up. We had a great defense. They just knew that every time we're in third down, we're blitzing. We're bringing the house. Yep. Cam knew that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure y'all knew that too. Right. And everybody across the league knew that. So what they do, they just kept on picking us right. apart, doing right. that, hitting the big plays. We right. didn't make the adjustments. Um, and then you have players on the sideline, you know, that's no what's going on in the game, but – when there's no communication from the man up top, right, things don't happen. So you guys couldn't say nothing to him, huh? You couldn't say anything. Hey, yo, hey, you know how certain people is when they get uh-huh. in, when they get in a certain position, you know they feel like they know everything, right? And they don't listen. They don't listen to their players. Like I said, coming from Dick LeBeau, mm-hmm. you know, great defensive coordinator. He listened to his players. Right. So I'm expecting if Coach Dick LeBeau was listening to his players, that any other defensive coordinator is going right. to listen to his player. But it's just in especially that. with the amount of talent y'all had. Like, yeah. Now I know, obviously, you guys are banged up. You and, and mm-hmm. Honey Badger, which that crushed me because I feel like that young boy was oh, having yeah. a he hell go. of a year. Dude, go. So it, 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 it's a trip, Baller. man, listening to what you're saying and then kind of playing back what we saw. It, it, we were I, at that game, right? I know. We, we did yeah. the pregame. But listening fun. to what you said, see – it, it, I didn't. So now people know I'm not making it up. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it's a validation. Exactly. Yeah. Because at first, no one has come come out and said that. A lot right. of people has criticized me saying, oh, Lamar's mad because he's not on the NFL roster. Nah, he's this, he's bad. that. I'm like, yo, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not upset. I'm like, I'm not upset. I got a, a million other things going yeah. on. Right. I, I played nine years right. in the league. Why would I be upset about that? I'm just right. speaking the truth. And now right. that you've said that, I'm like, hell yeah. It, it, <laughs> hell yeah. It's <laughs> more. That's facts. But you know what's ca- crazy is that, like, coaches can talk about a player. They can call a player, you know, intelligent. They can call him dumb. They can say a player is smart or he isn't fast. He can't jump. They, we, they can criticize us from the bottom down. As soon as a player says something that's legitimate, like you, with no hate involved, just right. saying the D coordinator was dumb. He made some dumb decisions toward the end of the year, and that cost us a chance at the Super Bowl in 2015-16. All of a sudden, that player is a guy that's out of pocket. And we talked about this a lot. We're put in this box as players, right? Mm -hmm. And as soon as we step outside of what they know us as, which is basically jocks, Mm -hmm. we get the the brash end of it. But I will say the, 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 the better coaches, the better coaches can sit there and, and I've seen it, where guys are saying, we need to be doing this. There's some dumb stuff we're doing. And the coach will sit there and say, yeah, you're right. Right. What y'all want to do? But like you said, LeBeau was one of the best. And I didn't you know what I'm saying? Pittsburgh, but what I knew about all my boys that played there, he would see his talent. He would create a game plan based off of the strengths that they have. And that was all season long. And 
times you have to adjust depending on the team. But he, he wasn't a guy that saw a team and was like, oh, all of a sudden we're going to do something different. Nah, we're going to do what we do best and make them adjust. And that's what the best coaches do. Hey, TD, I know you got a question for Lamar. What's up? Definitely. And I know you're talking about the not-so-pleasant times there with the Cardinals. But overall, most people see Bruce Arians as a fun coach to play for. And obviously, you play for Mike Tomlin for years there in Pittsburgh. And Mike Robb, you play for B. Carroll. Mm-hmm. So, overall, I think most people assume these are like the most fun coaches to play for. What do you guys think? Who was, uh, who was more fun and why? I, I'm not going to lie. I always wanted to play for Mike Tomlin. I always wanted to get a chance to play for him. And I'm not going to lie. Just, for, just from – the post-game interview, right? <laughs> How honest to me, I felt like he was the most honest. I felt like he was in front of a, a, a our team room saying this to us, but he was saying it to the camera like, we just got beat. Right. No excuses. Yeah. What do you want me to say about it? And I always I always have respect for coaches who would stand up there and, and take it on the chin. No, we didn't coach right. Or we didn't do this. We could have done this better. And then on the same time say, oh, yeah. We snapped the ball to Le'Veon Bell because he's the best back in the league, and he got it. He got it done. Right. I'm his biggest fan. We need Big Ben. When Big Ben come back, y'all gonna see why I'm so excited. Uh, you I'm know a, what I'm saying? I'm gonna let Lamar tackle this question last. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a quick story about Tomlin. Now, we were in Pittsburgh, right? Uh, I was playing for Detroit. I had just signed my contract. Went out there. We had a rain delay. It's like thunderstorm, so we're out in the locker room, and the locker rooms are semi close to each other. So I'm out there just warming up, just chilling, talking to a couple of boys that I know on the Steelers team. And Mike comes out. You know, Mike's super chill, bro. Like if if you don't know Mike Tomlin, you wouldn't think like he's this head coach in the NFL. He's a guy that you can relate to and talk to. So he's like, "Hey, yo, Nate, what's up?" I'm like, "I'm chilling, man. How you doing?" He's like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "Yeah, man, it's rain delay, man. Just throwing everything off." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." He was like, "You know, we was looking at you." You know, we, we was thinking about bringing you to Pittsburgh. I said, yeah, yeah, I heard. He was like, uh, how much did uh, Detroit pay you? I was like, oh, they, they gave me five for 25. You know, they, you know, 11 guaranteed. Something, something that I, you know, I could run with. And he, as a real dude would, he was like, nah, we wasn't going to pay you that. But you a He was like, nah, we were going to pay you that, but you a good player, though. And it was like, it was like a conversation you would have in a barbershop. I didn't get mad. I was like, I laughed. I was it like, no, nah, I know. Yeah, like, it was real. I, I could <laughs> dig that. And this is like, I don't even play for him. So imagine, like you said, Mike, the type of relationship he has with guys on that squad where he can criticize you, he can encourage you, all while being honest. And, and that's what that's, that's all what the football. About that's all we Mike want, Tom. man. Not to mention, you know, he he is a a young black coach in this league, thriving. You know, doing what he does on a yearly basis. So let's let's talk about head coaches. Lamar, who, who who you like and why? What about these coaches stand out? Well, I can I can talk about Coach Tomlin and Bruce, right? You know, um, you know, but Coach Tomlin, being that you know he drafted me to Pittsburgh, he's just he always been that straight up guy. I mean, fun. He, he makes he makes it fun. It's a family type atmosphere. I mean, every time he's in the meeting room, he's telling some kind of story about his family and his kids. Yeah. So he, he tells so many stories. It kind of felt like you knew them personally. Yeah, you know, just the short the stories that he told, and I mean, he treated everybody like a man. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't big on finding people because he said, "Hey, man, you got enough guys in your pocket, enough family yeah. in your pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take your money. Just get it under control." Mm-hmm. So he was always one of those type of people. Doors always open. I mean, you can go in there and talk to him about anything. You know, like I said, he, it felt like he was just a player on the team. You know, because mm-hmm. he was he was that cool. It, it, he didn't have he didn't have like strict rules where it's always like an uptight thing. It right. was just like, hey. 
learn how to be a professional, treat yourself like a man. I'm going to let y'all handle it. Mm. I don't want to have to step in and do those type of things. Mm. And and that's how the, the whole entire facility is, actually. You know, when you when I talked about uh, Mr. Rooney yesterday, it was a family atmosphere. I mean, you see Mr. Rooney in the locker room working out. You see, that's dope. <laughs> that's see, dope. You know, that's Art Rooney. You see him in, a, in, a, yeah. in the weight room working out. You see uh, Dan Rooney coming through the locker room, giving people dap, walking through the training room. That's what's up. You know, um, his the office was always open. Like you can just go in. Hey, Mr. Rooney, can I talk to you? Come on in. You know, they was they was there to help you every step of the way. You know, so that that's a great organization. And when I got to Arizona, it was the same way. Because you have a lot of guys over there from Pittsburgh, yep. you know, <laughs> from the trainers to some of the cooks. I mean, yep. everybody, coaching staff, it was like Pittsburgh there. And, and having Coach Bruce Arrington, now Bruce Arrington is a straight-up dude. You know, he would cuss you out. <laughs> I mean, he don't care. I, I love it. He will tell you what's on his mind. And overall, like Coach Tomlin, he's a great guy. He speaks his mind. He's going to be honest with you. Yeah. He's going to treat you like a professional. Right. You know, and, and and there it was like a family type atmosphere. Yeah. You know, so it was it was similarity. Bruce Aronson, but Bruce Aronson will cuss you out. That was the yeah. difference between him and Coach Tomlin. You dumb. <laughs> he will tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what he I have heard. no problem doing that. But That's what I heard. from the owner on down, man, it was when I say a great organization, man, it was a great organization, and it was very similar. You know, just Pittsburgh's been doing it for a long period. Of time. I, I, well, and I think a lot of good coaches have a lot of similarities. Right. That family atmosphere. Pete Carroll was the same way. A family atmosphere. Everybody felt like, you know, you wanted to contribute to the family. Everybody felt like you can bring your own family to the building and right. be a part of meetings and all, all of those types of things. Any like I've, I've brought my kids when daycare wasn't open. I had to right. bring my kids to practice. Right. Yeah, they in the office. It's all good. <laughs> right. You know, in the owner's office, all, all, all good. It's all good. There's one thing about Pete that I can say was different from other coaches uh, being around him. He always uh, was trying to teach you something deeper. Like, and I'm not saying not, not that, that other coaches don't do this, but he was always, you know, he was a psych major. So everything was for a reason. He would, you know, even team meetings and where he stood was for a reason. You know what I mean? Whether it was on stage or down there with you. I mean, all of those things made a, made a difference. The type of music he was playing during practice, all of those things made a difference. And he always knew that coaching was kind of something that I may have wanted to do one day. So he, we would always have these conversations. And he was very intentional about everything. You know, uh, what videos that were shown, right. who was in the in, in the weight room with the, the types of personalities right. that were in the locker room. He would call us when he would make big – you know, I remember when Percy Harvin was uh, – we were thinking about getting Percy. Right. And he called, you know, me, you know, called uh, Cam uh, Chancellor. I know he called Earl Tom. He called a lot of the veterans, a lot of the veterans, a lot of the leadership and was like, yo, how, does, how do you think this personality will fit? And not a lot of coaches do that. You know what I mean? So – uh, Pete was all of that, all fun and games, all of that. Uh, but again, he was always about something a little bit deeper too. Yeah, and speaking of deeper, somebody that got deeper pockets is, is Fletcher Cox. Ooh. So uh, let, let's touch on that. Uh, oh quick man! Second before TD, give us another. Beat. Um, okay, so, so man, Von Miller, pay that dude, man. Okay, all right. You <laughs> see this? No, Nate. No, Nate. Listen, Fletcher, you see this? Okay, John Elway need to stop playing with this okay. man's money. Okay, for those and get his man sixty million guaranteed, right? Okay, I'm talking about Von Miller. Okay, for those okay listen, for those listening, can we talk about <laughs> no, Nate, Cox's no, contract? No, First, Nate, he paid his dude, bro. Six year, one hundred and three million dollar contract. Um, if I'm Von, I'm like, bro, it's the most in total value for a non quarterback. Okay, <laughs> so 
Let, let's let's go through the process of <laughs> negotiations. Like there, there's a little bit. Of he got 26 million to sign today. There's a <laughs> just to sign his name. That's, that's crazy. 26 26 million hey. to sign his name. Okay, so we we've been through contract you negotiations. I, I've been through three of them myself personally. I haven't really. Okay, so. I've been through a little bit. I play fullback, dog. You know what I mean? They basically say, "Man, you taking this, or are you trying to sit out of football for a year?" Like, what do you want to do? You like, ah, I take it. Give me the pen. You, you, you trying to, try to squint your eyes like a son in the room? Uh, like, ah, uh, let me get. Hey man. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, then we'll skip you. Yeah. So let's, talk about, let's talk about. Let's talk about these contract negotiations because they can get a little sticky. What people see, what people don't know, they see the big numbers and they're like, "Oh man, you know, my favorite player got paid, or right. he got underpaid or overpaid." That's all they see. All right. What we know is your agent calls you and he's like, "Hey yo, so the team's talking. They this is their first offer." First offer, what you see on TV is never the first offer. Right. You don't take that. So what's attached to what we hear, your first offer, is all the negative things about you. So for everybody listening, imagine, you know, for a, a guy that works downtown L.A. in a cubicle, your boss comes in, he's like, hey, I know your your contract's almost up. Um, this is what we're going to pay you, and this is why we're going to pay you this. It's not all the positive things. Right. I remember every contract negotiation, it was about how old I am, the injuries I've had, the system I'm in, the better players out there. So it's almost like they're trying to mess with your mind. So you all of a sudden have a lower self-appreciation. But if you sign that lower contract, oh, man, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we oh, have family, let's man. Go, let's get this Super Bowl, let's baby. Go get this bowl. So <laughs> talk about it. Talk, talk about contract negotiations and how you dealt with them as a young professional and then as a veteran i mean just as you know when i signed my first big contract in pittsburgh um you know and, I, they, and what was that oh uh, we'll talk numbers bro you ain't got, you ain't, this is the rb podcast don't we i forgot we I can look it up i think we, we ain't forget how much it was said, I, mean, it, 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 I forgot <laughs> man ain't never forgot how much dollars he see, made see, come on I man it was, i see the rolex on his yeah. face like, come on don't oh, you forget he tried to tuck it away. Trying to tuck it away. <laughs> nah, that's you know what fake, I'm saying? Man. I'm that's looking fake. at my Apple Watch over here. Okay. Right? I got, hey. So, look, look. Another guy. You got, you got two watches on. <laughs> I got I two. Full, <laughs> uh, <laughs> two watches. He like, uh, titty boy. Hey, all right. No, listen. Hey, for real. All right. So, first contract. Uh, you think it was around what? Because we know we can look it up. Yeah. Well, my, my first deal was I signed a six-year, $61.5 million contract. Whew. And this was this is when? Uh, After my fourth year. Okay. Uh, you so, were how old? Uh, 26. Young. Yeah, so Pittsburgh let me play out my rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we went into negotiations. They came low, you know, but, you know, we just kept fighting for more, you know, because I did put up great numbers. <laughs> and uh, I, I, put up some, I put up some great numbers, and I felt like, you know, this is the type of money I, I should have. Right. Now, if you look back on it, they say I shouldn't have it because I got hurt. But <laughs> I always tell people you get paid for what you did. Right. right. <laughs> you get paid for what you did. And, and the potential of what you can do. And with the potential of what you can do. Potential. Right. Yeah. So, but you get paid for what you did. Uh, but um, what most people, when you're speaking about contracts, what they don't know is they look at the overall, the big number. Right. But a lot of teams backload your contract in the year five and six that you never see. Never see. So when they always wonder about why players are fighting for guaranteed money and and more upfront money because most teams are going to cut you back there. So a lot of people are trying to get that guaranteed money right away up front. But a lot of people, oh, man, you should take this. No, because they're not going to make it in year five and six. They're going to screw you and cut you. And that's why people try to get their money up front with the big signing bonus. 
and I wanted my money up front. Up front. All right. So you know, I'm, I'm off the rails a little bit, TD. So you were, <clears throat> you, you were done with your rookie deal. Yeah. And you got this big contract at 26 years old. Right. That's life changing. Now you are you're already in the league. You're already established. You already made some money. You're already a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Now you're taking a different step into like that upper echelon of financial stability. Right. At 26 years old. What were you thinking when you knew this deal was inked? I mean, what I was thinking, I mean, the first thing I thought about was, like, now we have money in this family to pass it on for generations. There you go. You know, that's the first thing that crossed my mind. I said, facts. we finally put a Woodley stamp on something mm-hmm. where when I'm dead and gone, it's going to be some money passed on. That's deep. So that's the very first thing that crossed my mind. And then after that, I mean, I already had a plan for the contract. So I knew what, exactly what I was going to do for my family. Mm-hmm. My mom, my dad, so I kind of had everything already set up. That's like, up. this is how much I'm going to spend on the house. You know, this is what I'm going to take care of. So the blueprint right. was already laid out because right. we knew it was coming. That's right. You know, I didn't want to get into the situation. Now the money come. Oh, what I do? Now I'm, I'm making bad decisions because I'm trying to make quick decisions. Bam. You know what I'm saying? So the the blueprint was already set out. And all we had to and do was That's the hardest part, get... having a plan, man. Right. Yeah. That's definitely the hardest part, man. Yeah. So just before we get to this beat, TD, Lamar, from what I took from that, is for these young boys listening to the podcast that's in the league, have a plan. The, the, have the, you heard the, that somewhere listen, before, listen, Nate? The, the goal is to make money, right? So don't be right. caught off guard when you make the money. Right. Have a plan. Lay a blueprint down so when you get this money, you got decisions based off of making this money and keeping this money going, not just for you in this lifetime. You're going to be rich. You made it to the league. You're rich right now. The goal is to be wealthy right. for generations. Hey, TD, let me get a beat. That's a freestyle beat right there for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Hold on, let me get a little water real quick. Hold on, <laughs> Clear my throat. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Uh-uh. Uh. Yeah, I like that. I ain't freestyled uh. in a minute. Bring it right back. <laughs> Everybody listen to the podcast like, oh, boy, I like that. See, Lamar said some real stuff. How could he? But that's real talk from Woodley. He said the D coordinator didn't do his job, and everybody got bit out of shape. Bad odds. Uh. I ain't tripping. We not tripping. We doing our thing. We on the field trying to get a ring. I didn't get a ring, and I played 11 years. That's get him, blood, Nate. sweat, and tears, but still, I'm here. Doing what we do, though. Trying uh. to keep it real. I'm just – now let me chill. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have kept it going. Got Marcus, Marcus was high back there. He like, oh, kept it going. Oh, the beat dropped. All right, so let's let's do a depth chart debates. Um, you know, we, we got one of the best to do it, Lamar oh, in the building. Shit, man. Um, let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the best. I'm a basketball. Yeah. I really feel like I know about. I know more about the NBA than NFL. But we'll get to that. we'll get to that. And speaking of NBA, TD got the dope podcast. Yeah, TD got a make it take it the podcast. Appreciate it, Nate. It's fire. All right, so let's talk linebackers. Let's talk about. We'll do this real quick so we don't run out of time. Let's talk about who you looked up to. Before you got in the league, let's talk about when you were in it, aside from yourself, who you thought was a monster, and then who is that dude right now? So this is the past, present, future. Depth chart debates with Lamar LeBron. You asked all the questions. Hey, we get it popping. Dang. 
Did What's you ask up, me the question already? Who did you look up to from yesteryear when you were in it? Who was the man aside from yourself and right now? So well, when I, past, present, future. When I first, I mean, looking up to somebody in the league, it wasn't actually a linebacker. I looked up to Jerome Bettis and like Heinz Ward as far as like a position, not particularly a linebacker. You know, I just liked the way they played the game. Really? Yeah. I like they just happened to be Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I was a Steelers fan growing mm. up. So that uh-huh. rolled great for me. <laughs> so when I got in the league, you know, it was Ray Lewis. Oh. Like, watching him, I mean, everything. You know, the attitude he played with, how he was a leader out there on the field. And then one thing I respect about him, too, is I had a chance to talk to Ray Lewis my freshman, my rookie year at, uh, at the Super Bowl. Then I talked to him after we beat them in the AFC Championship mm. at the Super Bowl. And he said, man, go out here and seize this opportunity. How crazy was that? Yeah, because mm. you never know when it's going to happen again. Like, take advantage of this. I'm like, man, we just beat them. And he's giving me advice to go in here into the Super Bowl That's and win. That's 100, though. That's I mean, he, 100. And he said, man, last year when I talked to you, I think I gave you too much advice because y'all done came in here. <laughs> <and they, laughs> okay. And I, but it, it was great advice. So I, I, I looked up to, to Ray Lewis when I played. I used to, and I used to like watching Patrick Willis play. I mean, he was he all does. over the field. I mean, he played with that with that dog attitude. He was sideline, yeah. sideline downhill. Yeah, he was a dog. I mean, but and you know, I had guys on my own team like the James Harrison. Oh, you know, and I had uh, James Ferry, and I had Lawrence Timmons. So I had, yeah. I had a bunch of guys on my team too that I was like, dang, them boys getting it. Y'all was y'all had linebackers. They had linebackers. They had linebackers. You know, trust me, I'm playing running back. So, <laughs> how was that playing against like that type of core? Because you know. Th- Mike, you're a fullback. There's oh, games you go well, into. Well, there's games you, you go into forget, knowing, no, no, knowing no, you can Nate, bang. No, Nate, you can bang. Forget, forget that. You know, you know, you you know, we all men. So you like, right. oh, you know, you start watching on tape. You know, you looking at body types and all of that. You know, but half of the time you didn't know where these cats was coming from. That's where it was. You be in the backfield like, I'm just staying in, bro. <laughs> just somebody gonna come to me. You know what I'm saying? That that was. Really, the hard part about playing Pittsburgh, bro, like, it tested everything. Uh-huh. And then with Troy back there, bro, he, you may get a key like something something happening over here, then they send, like, five cats on the other side. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's what made it difficult. And then when you figured out what they were doing, you had the physical confrontation. You had to uh, <laughs> try to overcome. Okay. I remember James Harrison slapped me on the butt one time, dog. He almost tore my uh, quad muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, dog, don't ever hit me like off. that no more, man. Oh, man. Hey, so, so Lamar, who who do you think is the best in the game right now? I'm, I got two guys. I got the guy from uh, Carolina. What's Luke. Yeah. Luke. I tell you one thing, Tommy Davis, Tommy Davis make that man <laughs> look good, too. Yeah, that's true. He, he, okay. he, he, he helps All right. me. All right, Mike. I, I take that hey, back. My bad. That's my bad. his list. Let him talk. Shut up, man. And, and you know I got to go Shut back up. to Pittsburgh. My man Shazier going to do some stuff. Ooh. Oh, He going to yeah. really. Yeah. going to go. Huh? He going to go. They need him to. Dude. He going to go. Yeah. He going to go. I like it. All right. All right. That's what's up, man. All right. So that was depth chart debates. Let me get Orna. TD, what do you have for us right now on this Orna? So this is our yay Orna segment. For sure, for sure. And as as Lamar says, he's a big hoops guy, and you know we all are to some extent. Draymond here. Green people. Draymond. Yeah. yeah. The finals are going on right now. Draymond. The Cavs won Game Five. Draymond did not play because of the step over. So my question to you guys is: Did you view LeBron step over Draymond Green as disrespect or not? And I know Lamar. I know Draymond's your boy too. Right. So 
interested to hear your thoughts on this. All right, so, uh, hey, Lamar, I'm going to just let you tackle this. Go ahead. Man, that move LeBron did is a sucker move. Ooh, okay. You got to keep it real. They down by 20 or 30 or whatever. Right. He realized that the Golden State Warriors still can beat him if they shut down Clay and Curry. Right. So who do he really go after? The man that really holds that team together is Draymond Green. The glue. So let's start to pick a fight with him at the end of the game, and you know he's going to react. Knock him down, step over and did this, that, push and all that. But then go to the media. And talk about, man, this guy said some disrespectful things. That, I got kids. That dry, <laughs> this and that. Okay, was that dry snitching? Huh? That dry snitching, right? There. Yeah, that was dry snitching because <laughs> it was almost kind of like telling, you know what I'm saying, the commissioner to view the tape, look into <laughs> yeah. the, this guy's a problem. And then as soon as he do it, Draymond gets suspended. What happened? Then LeBron go out there, drop 41 because he ain't had nobody guarding. Yeah, that's true. So that's he true. built a little confidence. But on Thursday, that's going to get taken back away. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Okay, so <laughs> I what, like it. What do you say about – people who have the mindset that Draymond has done that quite a Draymond bit. Does, like Draymond is kind of, look, of, he on the fence of, with of, it. Listen, hit, hit, I like him as a player, hit, but he is on the, they just uh, keep uh, it real. He on the fence with some stuff, though. Draymond has been playing that way ever since he was in elementary. Like, that's how far I go back with Draymond. Oh, yeah. Ever since elementary, he always had that attitude, that that aggressive attitude of going out there playing ball, you ain't going to punk me. Right. What happened is the lead just got soft. Right. So now, you know, it started with the Ben Wallaces and giving all them guys tech, and they're making the lead soft. Right. And by the lead getting soft, it's trickling down to AU and yeah. all them elementary and all that. So you got a guy like Draymond, they ain't used to that. Right. You Charles, know what I'm saying? Charles Barkley did say, though, that Draymond had a moral obligation to go after <laughs> LeBron. And, I, and as you guys know, I, I have a Nigerian family. Back home, it is total disrespect. If someone steps over you, no, you have to make the person Big step time. back the other way because the straight-up disrespect, we don't play that. It's Okay. Hey, if he had a problem, he should have just seen him in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, holla at me in the back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Take this off the court. All right. That's, no, that's, that's, what, a real, that's, that's what somebody okay. real would have did. I, I can dig that. So yeah. you're saying that the Golden State Warriors are going to close this out. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you, because I love who, now that I got you here, I know you got to go, we got to go. What about Bogut being out, Draymond missing the game, Curry and Clay not necessarily playing up to standards? Steph's hurt right now, guys. I think it's, I think it's fairly obvious. but Or it could be the shoes. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm shoes. just saying, oh, and Kyrie and LeBron both drop 41. Like That ain't going to happen every night, though, dog. And I'm going for Cleveland. Cleveland. You know why LeBron dropped 41. Because Draymond wasn't in. Okay. And when Draymond is in, Steph Curry and uh and Clay played different. Cause Dray I mean Draymond get that ball out the rim and help that offense go. Right. And Steph right. Curry and then, now you gotta respect everybody. You gotta respect court, more people right. on the court now. That's facts. That's but facts. now Draymond gone, you know, they was able to do something. But now I might go to the game now uh, on Thursday. Oh, okay. Because every time I've been to every championship game that Draymond played in. Oh, all the wow. championship games I've been there, and they won. They they well, they lost when he, Michigan State, North Carolina, but I've been to all of them. <laughs> okay, and I might go to this one just because I know they're gonna close it out. Just cause, just so you can be there part That's of the dope. All right, so on. I like that. I love NBA That's talk. Dope. Hey, speaking of NBA talk, before we let everybody go, TD, I said I had another story last week. I was at the spot called the Nice Guy, right? It's a little low key lounge, do a little little dinner and, and food. So I was in there with my boy Reggie Bush. We're chilling, and. Russell Westbrook was in there. So I, I'm always casual to, like, run up on somebody because I just don't know how cats act. And uh, the, they were like, uh, you know, Russ is in here. He's a cool guy. You know, you should probably say what's up. So I walked over to him. I was like, look, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Like, look, I'm Navy. I played in the league. He was like, yes, yeah, what's up? He showed me love. And I was like, look, I got to ask this question. 
if you play football, what position? Because, you know, we always look at, like, the real athletic, like, slashers as, like, oh, he could have played ball. He could have played football. And so I'm sitting there. He's like, he thought about it. He's like, I don't know. You know, when I was younger, I played running back. You know, but now, like, you know, I just, I don't know if I want to play offense. I think if I play right now, I'd be a safety. And then I was like, oh, like, like a, you know, like a, a big time hitter. He's like, yeah, because I love to hit. I was like, like Cam Chancellor. He was like, yeah, like a Cam Chancellor. So we'll leave this for another conversation. But what I'm saying is when you look at some of these athletes in other sports, oftentimes we don't translate a basketball player to a football player. Russell Westbrook is one of those guys that could take his NBA jersey off and put on an NFL jersey. So that's my story. Mike's not buying it. I can tell. I can look at the mic right now. I know Mike. Mike's <laughs> hey, like, hey, look, nah. man. I Yesterday, mean, they- I told I told Mike the story, and he was like, Nah, he can't play safety. <laughs> I'm like, why? First of all, Nate, I don't sound like he's so, you. He's know so saying? explosive, bro. You First of all, I don't sound like you. Kind of do. Okay. Second of all, second of all, he's it's a lot four. easier. It's four. a lot like, easier for someone to go from a contact sport to me. Just my opinion. It's a lot easier for a football player to go to basketball than a basketball player to come to this contact sport. This is a different animal over here. This is. All right, now I get this that. This is a different animal. And then he talking about banging. He talking about getting in that box. Come on, man. If I seen Russell Westbrook come on down in this box, man, dog, Russell, I'm taking his lunch money. Man, and I don't man. give a damn Russell how West, explosive man. he is. Russell Westbrook. I'm taking his lunch money. Helmet Nate. He put that wood on you, bro. Nate, I promise you. Nate, you don't believe that. I, nah, you know what time I, it is. I, I know, I know what time it is. So. Hey, no, listen. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, right, so. Maybe receiver. Hey, exactly. Now, That's what I said. Receiver, receiver DB, or right. something like that. Yeah. I think that's perfect for him. But you talk about getting down in that box, you banging with cats our size. Dog, what's, All, Russell Westbrook is 6'4". Like, it's not like he's a small dude. I'm not talking about height. Russell's NBA is a – he's an NBA's Odell Beckham. That's what he is. He, I can see that. Thing. I can see that. I can see him doing Odell Beckham type stuff on the outside. Right. Don't come down. Don't come down in that trap. Nate, Nate Robinson You don't want no part out. of that trap. Nate Robinson worked out for our former team. Uh, yes. Seattle Seahawks. He did. Nate Robinson, he played 11 years, slam dunk champion. They passed on him, Pete Carroll and them. So we'll see if a uh, uh, football player. They may pick it. Trust me. I know Pete. Can. He's a cat that I can see week 14, 15. He just want to do something to create a little buzz <laughs> uh, or whatever. Go ahead and sign him for a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's what's Playing a couple games. Playoffs already sold up. You I know, can dig that. Times. Hey, well, listen, uh, I, I appreciate you joining us, Lamar. Would, man, man. Appreciate, appreciate it, y'all. Hey, man, anytime you in hey, town, I'm stop by. Stop by. Hey, For real. Hey, hey, Mike, and I'm going to keep it 100. I ain't never had anybody in the studio with two watches on. So, like, this is, <laughs> this is that's pretty stupid. dope. Though. I'm in different time zones, man. There you go. Oh. <laughs> hey, he dropping knowledge. He dropping gems. Hey, listen, uh, TD, let that's me get that, an outro. That's beat, that wealth man. right there, man. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh. Go ahead, Nate. Go All ahead. All right, well, hey, what, what, what are we talking about? Give me a subject. Me, what what subject? Yeah. I don't know. Man, stop thinking. Let me there grab this water, hydrate, and start drinking. Lamar, I appreciate you coming through. That's real talk. We don't just talk that talk, man. This is real walk. Uh. From the East Coast to the West, though. I ain't trying to brag, but homie, this is the best show. Everybody want to talk about that. No, 
Come on, man. I, I turn out the cuss, man. I just can't. I can't well, just do an edit and keep going. Oh, that's true. I forgot. Come that. on, man. Man, I'm talking about he, I, this, 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 he's supposed to be talented, man. Do your thing. <laughs> go ahead, Mike. You go. Huh? What? I don't rap. I don't rap. Well, sing then. I don't sing. <laughs> I just spit that. Th- I just spit hey. that thing, man. Hey, listen. This is the R&B podcast, man. I appreciate everybody <laughs> listening. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.